listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. It's summer here in Northern California, and for me, that usually involves being outside in nature and as much as possible, gathering around a fire in the still night with friends and family. Clustering around the warmth and power of a campfire, it's always felt like the edges of people get softened. We speak and listen to each other differently. There's a deepening that doesn't happen in many other settings. Anthropologist Polly Wiesner has studied the Kung Bushmen of Southern Africa for over 40 years. That's my best pronunciation. I'm sure it could be better. The Kung were, up until recently, hunter-gatherers who lived much as our ancient ancestors did. So Wiesner's study of them offers some insight into our human past. Wiesner observed that when the day work ended, the Kung would naturally gather around a communal fire in a nighttime extension of social interaction. Her paper, entitled Embers of Society, published in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, focuses on firelight talk among the Bushmen. Notably, Wiesner found major differences between the things the Bushmen talked about during the day and the night. While day talk centered on practicalities, economics, and gossip, the talk at night around the fire steered away from tensions of the day and toward more intimate conversations, imagination, and stories— often about known people. Importantly, this different way of interacting formed the basis for trust, cooperation, and internalizing culture. Wiesner wrote of the fireside gatherings, body language is dimmed by firelight and awareness of self and others is reduced. And stories told by firelight put listeners on the same emotional wavelength and elicited understanding, trust, and sympathy. There's a lot known about how humans learning to control fire and cook food led to big changes in anatomy, including brain size, and also how the act of cooking with fire created new arenas for social interaction. Wiesner's research goes deeper, and she surmises that the act of gathering around a fire and the night talk that occurred played an important role in the development of higher orders of theory of mind, like storytelling, and thus the evolution of human society and culture. And while it's interesting to think about the profound ways that fire affected the trajectory of human development, the really compelling questions for me are different. Like, what is our relationship to firelight now? And how do we get now what firelight gave us then? Obviously, convening around a fire is no longer the norm. Instead, the campfire or fireplace is a rare special treat for most of us. As electric light, television, and the internet blare on incessantly, the campfire has lost its place as the center of our social world and a natural nudge toward connection and quiet contemplation. So with that loss, what else was lost? Modern storytelling happens mostly on screens and in books, but what of the stories we tell each other about each other at the end of the day? I can't think of an analog for gazing into the embers, listening to the mesmerizing crackle, and telling our own secrets and stories in the night. This isn't a normal summer in a lot of ways, and there are terrible wildfires burning around the world that make the idea of lighting even a small fire outside unwise. But where it's safe and possible to do so, 
may be sitting around the ancient, mythical, familiar, comforting warmth of an old-fashioned campfire is exactly what we need. Building a fire. Step one. Gather sticks of kindling. Find dry wood logs, which you might chop into the right size pieces for your fire. Can I ask you guys a question Mm -hmm. about campfire? Mm -hmm. I don't want to get people's impression of the campfire. So, what are the ingredients? That's fine. That's the dog's responsibility. Hello, fellow campers. Can I intrude for just one second? Um, I'm working on a radio piece about people enjoying a campfire. I'm wondering if you would be willing to just share any thoughts or impressions about what you like about sitting in front of a campfire. Step two, build a structure with a kindling. People have strong opinions on how to arrange the kindling. Log cabin, teepee, freestyle. I like a hybrid version with newspaper on the bottom and small branches arranged on top of that. Be sure to leave plenty of room for airflow. Well, I like the smell. I like the smell, and I like to watch the flames kind of licking up um, and consuming the wood. Um, Often I get my kind of go internally, and really it allows me to think about other things, the rhythmic nature of it. I like the family. We get the family together. We have both of us together here by the... We leave the devices and say the devices stay inside and the family comes outside and we get to talk. I love that. I think it's so important. There's a question question that has been posed. What are the essential ingredients to a campfire? A small dog, (laughs) marshmallows, and a chicken nugget. So this is for posterity. (laughs) Which means we consider our answers. Right. Step three. Strike a match and light several parts of the newspaper. Once the kindling catches well, let the fire build. Add a bit more kindling on top of the flames. One of my things about a campfire is that it is out of doors. Yes. It exists in some kind of open space. There is usually only a really kind of a a simple restriction to the fire. Uh, A ring of rock. Step four. Add a good dry log or two. Now, on a a campsite, there's all kinds of other people, and this is kind of what we have here. We have a campsite of three, basically. Um, But Mm. you still, it's a a fire that is surrounded by space, um, and so you can fixate on it without anything else to distract your attention. Um, I get very drawn into watching 
the uh, textures change and watching the embers as they dance inside the deepest part of the fire. Step five, gaze into the flames as they change shape and color and size. Let yourself settle into yourself and the night as the wood burns and becomes red-hot coals that move and glow and undulate in the darkness, leading you into a realm of warmth and peace and crackling mystery. And it, it actually takes me to a place of deep thinking. It's beyond just hanging out and chatting. I really get to where I start thinking about my life in a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. that I wouldn't do in maybe some other circumstances. As the holes form and, mm-hmm. and, and create a long-lasting oh, yeah. fire. And there's something neat about the way that the fire burning down is a marker of the time that we spend around it, right? I mean, you, you get to actually see the time passing in a really physical form because the fire gets smaller when you, once you stop feeding it. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Is that a copper um, pipe? Yes. Do you want to know what the password is? Can I trust you with this? No. Will you give me yours? It's possible. Yeah. I get to see the leaves all fire lit. It's really pretty. Oh, yeah. It's like a painting. Underside. Yeah. Fire makes you think about control too. Like we, we need yeah, to control it. We don't really control it. Oh my god. There's no fire without smoke. No gain without pain. Mm-hmm. I have so far evaded the smoke. Step six, from time to time, use a long, sturdy stick to arrange the wood in the fire, regardless of whether this is truly necessary. I think there's something contemplative and very primal for us as human beings about gathering around a fire and telling stories to each other. I think it's something that we've 
invented new ways of doing with television and movies and whatever, but that really this is the beginning of that, that we tell stories around the campfire. and um, <laughs> My friend, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Riley was just telling us about the uh, Lata Indian tribe in Spokane and about the history of Hangman Valley and the hanging of many Indians. And we thought, wow, we're sitting here learning about this from his history course. But wa- it's Washington taking State. us into other directions. But, but we learn about, yeah, politics and, and so forth from that and segregation, desegregation, many, many things we've discussed here tonight about what it's like to be an American. Way back in prehistory, humans would gather around their fire and as soon as we had developed language, it became very common to tell stories around a fire with the darkness at your back and that that's something I think is that connects to people um, telling stories around a campfire and kind of this this sense of banding together and imagining something um, keeping yourself warm and comfortable by looking into the fire I also I really enjoy staring into the fire at the deep part of the coals where it mm. is like an experimental film down in there. Mm. Nobody gathers around a streetlight. Yeah. So and as you all know, we love Burning Man and it's Burning Man season. And Burning Man has mostly now LED and digital li- like electronic lights everywhere. But there's also fire. And there's the huge fires that are mostly scheduled and you know to show up at. But as you're just wandering around when there's no huge scheduled fire, what I find myself in this sea of electronic light or yeah, battery-operated light, solar, whatever they've done, there will spark up real fire. And like a moth, my bicycle has a whole new direction. I have no idea what I'm going to, but I know that some human has created fire and often they're spinning it or they're blowing it or they've lit something on fire and we're gonna stand around it. And I know that tons of other humans have just been drawn to it also. It's got a really different feeling than those other kinds of light. create a whole different thing and you can't miss it. It can happen behind you and you'll turn to it. You, You have a impulse about it important part to me about a campfire existing in space it should it should be the only point of light if it's proper it, sh- it should be the thing around which all human life has to coalesce right um, the original cinema screen we are conditioned through a hundred thousand years of evolution to stare into the fire and when we do that and when all other light is, is gone we go into a trance state something like a trance state, because that's the storyteller space that's where all the, the, the wisdom was passed down because that was a place where you could just sit and talk because there was nothing else to do. There was no survival at that point. And so we're, we're in this place. Step seven, allow your mind to travel down the sliding, winding pathways created by the dancing flames. Let the smell of wood smoke tease and awaken quietly dormant thoughts and memories. Follow those thoughts down and through the red, orange, yellow, glowing embers and then share them with those around the fire when you become moved to do so. Let yourself speak in the slow, quiet voice that's drawn from you by the flames, never so loud that you're drowning out the crackling and popping and hissing of the burning wood. Listen to the fire, to the other humans, 
to the wind through the trees, to the night creatures. And there is a sort of a wonderful grace, a wonderful repose in looking into a fire. You could do it forever. Um, and I, I think that's part of our basic animal nature, that we, this is us, right? The only animals that do this. Um, and it's what has elevated us. This is our power. Uh, it's pretty cool. Finn and I have been reading the Jungle Book and you know how this is the red flower uh -huh. and man is the only creature that knows how to harvest mm -hmm. the red flower mm -hmm. and it really is an important distinction between us and every other animal and you know the hypnotic state you were talking about entering but also just there's some real sense of of power and security in the middle of a dark night to be able to make this with your group of fellow humans and be able to gain the warmth of it and the light of it and know, oh, we know how to make that again tomorrow night. Well, and it's scaring off other beings, so it's protecting us. I was gonna say, none of us have ever probably had the experience of having a predator flee from fire. But I think we know that, in fact, there's no other animal on the planet that walks into that. She's not barking, but she sure is upset about something. Honey, it's okay. It's okay. I can't sit here. Everything's fine. Is there a critter over there? Most likely wood rats. Yeah. Fox. Working on there. Could be the fox, although I don't know how active the fox is at night. The deer night. would be bedded down by now. Could be a coyote. Ooh. Yeah. Unlikely. I'm afraid of coyotes. It's really cool to see. Look at this mist. I just saw one drop on There are also a lot of um, mythologies where things emerge from fires. It's a gift from the gods that we should never have had. Right, yes. <laughs> That they're like, like Hattie was listening to some Harry Potter book on tape the other day, and one of the characters appears in the fire. Well, and I think that it's something that we can't easily comprehend. Mm. So it must come from some other place. So of course it would be a portal from some other place. Mm. I mean, you can explain why fire happens, but you can't understand fire. For the most part, most of us can't really, or we don't choose to. Because it's pretty magical alchemy in the first place. And so it has, you can see why it took however long it took to get there. I am maybe gonna turn in. Ooh, owl. Yeah. Are, you, are you guys ready to turn in? Um, yeah, we could. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break up the fire, if that's okay. 
Okay, so don't touch this, right? No touching. I'm gonna put this guy on. Can we get hot? Step eight, extinguish every flame and ember and witness the darkness envelop the space around you. Hear the tiniest twig snap as you walk slowly away to where you'll lay down and sleep. All right, good night, friends. Good night. Good night. Good night. Sleep tight. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. Kent also recorded all the people you heard talking around campfires over the past several years, including Hannah, Tim, Frazier, Hattie, Finn, Susan, Jeff, and some nice folks at Lassen National Park whose names we don't know, but we thank them. Big thanks to Tracy DeSottles and Sarah Bringingberg for supporting Nocturne on Patreon at the Happy Possum level of support, which is our highest tier. Your support really helps keep the show going strong. This is our 80th episode, and it wouldn't have happened without everyone who chips in. If you'd like to help Nocturne, which would be wonderful, you can go to nocturnepodcast.org support to find out how, or go directly to patreon.com slash nocturnepodcast. There are some amazing stories coming up, and I can't wait to share them with you. Till next time, thanks for listening.